As a business leader, you know attracting top talent is just the beginning. Real growth happens when you lead yourself and others well. Creating a company culture that attracts, nurtures, and retains the best of all things. We'll teach you how to make an impact through a holistic leadership approach. Reframing success in leadership. This is the Talent Magnet Institute podcast with your host, Mike Sipple Jr. Welcome to this week's episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. And I get the distinct pleasure to be in the studio today with Todd Markle, founder and CEO of Hello Hire. Todd and I have had the pleasure of working together over the last several months, helping some key large organizations transform their internal and external hiring experiences. So, Todd, welcome to the studio. Yep. Thanks, Mike. Good to be here. Absolutely. So, it's a pleasure to have you and to have this dialogue around candidate experience and employee experience. So, we're going to talk today about the impact and implications and opportunities in candidate experience, and then also how that kind of correlates into employee experience and employment branding for mm-hmm. the most part. So, Todd, what has driven your interest to focus in this area and to really bring some expertise to the rest of the market from your yeah. personal passion? Yeah, I think a few things. One is I just generally love this space. I've worked uh, my entire career really in human resources and then the last few years more focused in the talent acquisition space, uh, working a lot on employment brand, technology related to talent acquisition, social media use for talent acquisition, and have really gotten excited about this candidate experience space. And it's, you know, kind of a big buzzword in the, at least in the HR space these days. And with the talent market, the way it is today, I think, you know, we just are continuing to see more and more employers say, yes, this is something that we need help in, we need to invest in. And, uh, you know, we have a great time doing that. Absolutely. Well, if many organizations and our listeners today, if you think, if you sell a product to a consumer or sell a product to a group of people, individuals who interact with your brand could potentially be a customer, not just an employee, right? And similarly, how organizations would approach a customer with marketing and sales, this is really taking that reverse effect and looking at candidates as a customer, right? And treating them as such. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think there are three key things that we see are really driving the interest in candidate experience. One is the talent market right now. It's just, you know, really difficult a lot of times for employers to be able to find the talent that they're looking for. And I think employers are starting to realize that one of the ways that they can improve in that is by providing a better candidate experience. So we believe that better candidate experience leads to the ability to attract great talent to your organization. So the talent market's one key driver. The second one is one that you just mentioned. I think a lot of organizations are starting to think more about how the candidate experience can impact their customer experience and that there's a real financial potential impact there for people who go through a recruiting process and are unhappy with that or have a bad experience. You know, that can translate to your business and your customers as well. So, you know, if you're a retail organization or a hospital or a bank and, you know, someone applies for a job with you and gosh, that doesn't go well or they never hear back or they have a really long drawn out process, the odds of them then wanting to come frequent your retail establishment or your bank, your hospital, probably not going to be so great. And we're starting to see, you know, more and more research around the true financial impact of that which I think is just helps people to open their eyes even a bit wider to the importance of candidate experience. We're like, whoa, you know, that can really make a big difference. 
the biggest sort of in the popular press study about that is with Virgin Mobile. They took a look at their candidate experience and the number of people who were going through their interview and selection process and sort of estimating the number of people that, gosh, if, if this percentage have a negative experience with us, then taking that number and saying, you know, this percentage are probably customers or potential customers of ours. And, you know, when you play that out, the numbers get pretty big, pretty fast. And it pretty quickly makes investments in candidate experience and employment brand and things like that a no-brainer. At least I like to think of them right. as a, a no-brainer. Right. And then the third thing I think is really driving it is just how companies are interacting with consumers today. Candidates are starting to expect to be able to interact with employers like they would interact with a company that they're doing business with. So whether it's ordering a, a pizza from Domino's and you can see, you know, that the pizza mm-hmm. is coming to your house or it's, you know, an Uber or, you know, any app on your mobile phone, those individuals are saying, hey, I expect the transparency. I expect quick feedback. You know, I expect it to be easy and frictionless for me to do. And people are starting to expect that from employers and the recruitment marketplace as well. And and most employers, I would say, are pretty far behind in providing an experience like that. And the ones that are moving in that direction and making it easier, very transparent about their processes, are starting to reap the benefits of that, I think, being able to attract great talent to their organizations. Mm-hmm. Would you say that the candidate experience has a significant impact on the onboarding experience? Are there correlations there? I think it can. I mean, I think onboarding is kind of an extension of the candidate experience. And so, you know, if you have a positive experience through the recruitment cycle, hopefully that leads into a very positive experience onboarding and getting acclimated to the organization. You know, what we find, even for employers who are doing a great job on the candidate experience side, is a lot of times the fanfare and enthusiasm that was there through the recruiting process stops or slows down once somebody gets in the door. It's like, oh, I thought, you know, thought they were so excited and they love me and they're investing. And then I get here and it's like, oh, you know, that part's over and you're kind of on your own to figure things out. So, you know, at Hello Hire, we don't focus as much in that onboarding space other than to encourage employers to being a, paying a lot of attention to that and making sure that you know all of the great work that you're doing up front with candidate experience continues on through your onboarding and the employee experience because if it doesn't you know and that person ends up leaving or being there and being dissatisfied then sort of all your upfront work is for naught mm-hmm. yeah. yeah as we talk about as we've had some engagements together that the ambassadors and the corporate culture you set sets a tone, mm-hmm. right? And to ensure that that tone isn't inconsistent, that it's not you're professing to be something that you're not internally. So yep. you're creating this incredible experience on the outside. But once people get there, they go, this isn't what I was sold. Right. And looking at ambassadors of individuals who may exit an organization and may tell others about your company or may be there and may be professing your message to ensure that, again, great candidate experience, great onboarding experience, but it must continue. Mm-hmm. So you have to continue to invest in your people, continue to help your people grow and find meaningful work and find their voice and be understood inside the workplace to create a full life cycle to be able to attract. Because candidate experience is a significant part on the upfront, yep. which is where a lot of your background has been. But you've yeah. also spent a lot of time making sure that we don't bring them in the door and they exit out the back door. Right. 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 We don't want that. And I mean, we do a lot of 
have been doing quite a lot of work with employment brand with our clients. And, you know, one of the big things that we have to make sure is that the employment brand that is developed really feels authentic to the folks that are working there. That's right. You know, and you really have to take a lot of time to do that. I mean, you could have the best employment brand. Sounds great. Exciting to work here. But I think one of the worst things that can happen is for your current employees to see that employment brand messaging and say, wow, I'd like to work there, but that, <laughs> that doesn't seem like where yeah. I'm working right now. So that alignment between what it's really like to work there and being transparent about that, you know, you want to get people excited, but you also want to be authentic and say, you know, here are the challenges too. And this is what it's like to work here with that. You know, when there's a, I think a mismatch between, you know, what you're selling and the candidate experience and getting people excited about and what they actually experience once they're there, that's when you run into trouble. Mm -hmm. Have you spent quite a bit of time there where has anyone come to you and said, we want to increase and enhance our candidate experience. And, but you look at it and go, well, we first have to work on these other things first before we get there. Or how do you address that if that were to come up in an organization? Yeah, to some extent, I mean, I guess we've mostly addressed it from the authenticity standpoint that, you know, just be real about the challenges that you face. And, and, you know, we help some clients with, you know, with recruiting for jobs that aren't necessarily glamorous or ones that everyone is clamoring to be a part of. And so we really work with clients to focus on, well, what are the exciting elements of this job and what is different about that? You know, even though it might be, you know, get your hands dirty or it's long hours or whatever, what are the exciting elements of that? But I think it's all about telling an authentic story with leaning into the things that are really positive aspects about your organization. We haven't because recruiting needs are ongoing, we haven't sort of had a situation where we've said, gosh, you know, we don't think we can help you right now because you need to fix the internal things first. I think most of the clients that we're working with who have decided to invest in candidate experience are also working a lot of those internal mm -hmm. things as well, like mm -hmm. saying, gosh, we know we have retention challenges or engagement challenges, and and we're working on those, but we also want to get going on the upfront recruiting mm -hmm. side as well. So, Todd, you have had a background. You mentioned spent most of your career, all of your career in yeah. HR, or vice president of university recruitment, VP of talent acquisition for North America, and VP of global talent marketing technology, all three with Nielsen. Yep. Can you share that last title, the global talent marketing and technology? <laughs> What created that role? It's a very unique title, yep. but I think a really important one yeah. uh, for people to understand how to leverage technology and marketing. Yeah, it's kind of a, a mouthful when I you know, tell my mom what I do. She's like, what? What? You know, what? <laughs> VP of what? Just VP mom. That sounds good, right? <laughs> um, so, so that was a new position that was created. And it really speaks to, I think, how Nielsen saw the importance of employment brand and marketing to their recruitment function and technology as a subset or something that went along with that too. There's so many different technologies that are coming out in the talent acquisition space, whether it be related to social media or CRMs or, you know, AI tools to help with screening. There's so much going on in that space. Most of it touches in some way the candidate experience and your employment brand that you're, you're putting together. That's why those two things came together. But yeah, it was a unique role that they started. It was a ton of fun and really was a nice lead in to the company that I ended up starting with 
with, you know, in starting Hello Hire, it's really an extension of that work in my last role at Nielsen. Mm -hmm. So the bringing together AI, social media, ATS, CRM, and leveraging all of those as a communications tool for an organization. I think many listening, I know for myself, you know, having experienced organizations that they almost see these things as four separate entities mm-hmm. that they're not bringing them together. And what a powerful opportunity to bring this together to help your employment branding yep. and your organization connection to the marketplace. What challenges or what opportunities do you see bringing those together? And are the technologies in the marketplace starting to come together as well and starting to acquire and merge all of these functions into one platform? Yep. I think the biggest challenge I would say, and what I see happening with many employers is there's so much happening, it's difficult to know what to do. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, there's that cool thing. And oh, here's another cool thing. And which cool thing do I want to sign up for? Do I want to invest in? Or are any of these right and the things that we should really be doing? And I think that's space that we help in a lot is sort of saying, okay, you know, for your talent function and your objectives, what are you trying to accomplish? And then being really clear on that saying, okay, well, in the marketplace, there's, you know, these three elements that we would suggest you plug in to help meet those goals. And we need to make sure that all of those are working well together. I think right now, my sense is the market is pretty fragmented. You know, it seems like each day I hear, well, here's another player in this space, or here's another cool tool. I think we are likely to see, and I've started to see a little bit of those come together. My hypothesis is you'll see some of the larger applicant tracking system recruiting, you know, human capital, the Taleos, the success factors, the workdays, maybe not workdays, they're not big on acquisitions, but I think you'll see some of those applicant tracking systems, HR systems that are more antiquated start to acquire some of these more contemporary tools and build them into their platform and their customer offerings. At least that's kind of what I envision happening. I think that's what I hope will happen because I think right now for employers, it is really hard to, you know, decide what you're going to do, which ones you're going to invest in, and then have them all working together, you know, so it makes sense for your organization. It doesn't seem like this cobbled together sort of situation. Kind of like, I think if you take a step back and look at HR systems, you know, many employers in the past used to have something for recruiting and something for learning and a payroll system and, you know, sort of all these systems that they were trying to cobble together where I think the evolution over the last several years in the human capital space is that you've started to see companies go to the workdays, the success factors, the Oracle Taleo products that are offering a full suite of services that are all integrated and the organization doesn't have to worry about sort of making that come together on Mm -hmm. their own. Mm -hmm. I was visualizing when you were sharing before about being able to watch your pizza get delivered Mm -hmm. or being able to watch how many corners, you know, my Uber driver has to turn to get to my house or my place of work from a user experience on the search side, right? Everything is so manual to be able to communicate to the applicant. I mean, you can automate things, Mm -hmm. but as an organization who strives to be very communicative and connected to the, it's complicated when you have 17 positions open or 40 Mm -hmm. positions open or five positions open or 150 positions open, that if it can really be that automated where the software can provide access to the candidate, the candidate can see what stage they are in process or even what questions are being asked of them and how to advance. Do you see that actually taking place? 
I do. I mean, we were already seeing some of it. I think the <laughs> the challenge with what exists today is even if an employer offers a way to check on your status or see if a you know your resume has been received or reviewed you know, there's still a human behind that system that's right. having to take steps to notify the system that then the applicant can check. It's not very automated on the back end. Right. And so I think that's a step forward in the transparency element for candidates. To, it's pretty cool, you know. So if you applied with an organization to be able to log onto that portal and say, oh, well, at least I see that, you know, they received my resume and it was sent on to a hiring manager. I still maybe don't know where I stand, but I could at least see something. I have a glimpse. I, I know that it's not just, you know, sitting on someone's desk. I think that's a step in the right direction. I think we'll continue to see developments that will provide more transparency to candidates, hopefully more in real time. I think some of the recruitment optimization, I just made up a new word, recruitment optimization. You heard it uh, here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> automation, a lot of that work that's happening. Can we trademark that, Mike? That's right. Um, <laughs> a lot of that work that's happening will speed up the process and will allow you know people to see more real time where they stand. You know, I, I don't know if we're ever going to get to the Uber driver. You know, see on your, you know, see the the recruiter walking your your resume down to the hiring manager. Oh, so that'd standpoint. be really cool. That Tom, would be there. really cool. <laughs> um, but I think a lot more transparent because people just want that. That there's so much. I feel like the world has just become so much more transparent and the information that's out there. But the whole recruiting process is still this big sort of void, whether it's, you know, you've submitted your application or whether you've gone through a phone interview and, and then you have this sort of sitting around wondering what's next and did they yeah. really like me? And um, yeah, that's the part that we talk quite a bit about that it's not the intent of any organization yeah. to have poor communication. Right. In, at least in my opinion, mm -hmm. they just have 136 other plates that are spinning. Right. And it takes human touch yep. today to go through and update. And what we find, so we strive to communicate when projects are closed mm -hmm. or when individuals just are not going to align with experience. That's our goal mm -hmm. for everything. What we have found is by doing that, so few do it that it's a standout performance when mm -hmm. you do it. You know, people really appreciate, even if it's the doors closed, we'll continue to keep you in mind for the next opportunity. It's typically very positive feedback. Yep. You know, they can't be the right fit for everything. Yeah. But walk me through if you're an organization that is, let's say, smaller in nature, mm -hmm. um, 100 million or less, or even 20 million or less, what steps can you do? What steps can you take? Or what do you take people through to really even think about their candidate experience? Where do they even begin with that? Yeah. Yeah, that's the challenge sometimes is where do I even start? start? There's so many different things that we can do. The way we help clients typically as a first step is we share a, a candidate experience model with them that really is full life cycle of a candidate interacting with your organization. I think a lot of people think about candidate experience just on the upfront side, your employment brand and all of that, but we really try and look at it holistically. We have four areas that we look at. The first is, we call it discovery. So how is a candidate finding out information about you as an employer, about the jobs that you have available? The second is once they've made the decision that, yes, they're interested, what's the process like for them to reach out to you and let you know officially apply? That's the second phase. The third is the interview and selection phase. 
So, you know, once the person is sort of in your doors and talking and interacting with your people, what's that experience like? And then finally, we call it the, we need a better name for it, actually. The close or the close out is the fourth stage, which is either receiving an offer from the organization or more often than not being told no thank you, mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, most of, it goes to what you were just saying, most of the people going through your process are going to get the no thank you. And mm -hmm. that's something that I think we don't probably think as much about is that, you know, we want people walking away from their recruiting experience with us you know, feeling positive about the company, regardless of the outcome. That, that's mm -hmm. always our goal. So, so back to your question, we really start with that candidate experience framework. And under each of those four quadrants, there are different things that we would suggest an employer look at. So for discovery, you know, what's your career site look like? What are your job descriptions look like? How are you showing up on Glassdoor? Are your job descriptions optimized for certs? Sort of all these different things. And we really go through and evaluate where the company is today and all of those different elements. And then from that, you know, we sort of paint a picture of where you are today. What are the things that are working really well? What are the potential gap areas? And then the next step is, goes to what you were saying, is prioritizing those. We try and be really practical about this and say, you know, what are the things that we think or we think together are going to make the biggest impact and what are things that can be implemented in a few weeks or a few months that we can get going soon? I think one of the things that a lot of times organizations get hung up on is like, there's all this stuff that we can do. And, you know, we're going to have that in place by 2020 or 2021. It's like, wow, you know, it's going to be a whole different ballgame in 2021. Right. We need things that are going to help you now that are really practical that we can get in place and are going to make an impact. So we use that kind of that grid of how much of an impact is this going to make on your process and how easy is it to implement and try and focus on the things that are pretty easy to implement, going to make a high impact and start there. Hmm. That's great. So instead of close, we could use welcome or no welcome. thank you. Oh, that's nice. Welcome like that. <laughs> yeah. When I think about the, just hearing about the candidate experience process and visualizing, I see it go so well with onboarding and the impact of, again, retaining, how much of the opportunity do you see of using a existing employee base to help tell the story? How are you seeing companies leverage the message of the existing employee to help amplify? I think that it's exactly what it's all about. It's got to be voice of your employee. I think the days of sort of fancy corporate recruiting videos and, you know, with a voiceover and the really, you know, fancy imagery and things like that are out, to be honest. And I think quick, short videos on your iPhone even are in. And again, goes back to being really authentic, being really transparent, getting to see, you know, people don't want to see sort of this rosy picture that the corporate folks are painting. They want to know, well, what's Todd do every day? And does Todd like his job? And, you know, what are the things that he's involved in? And so I think that, again, back to that transparency, letting people hear from employees that you have currently, having them tell their stories, mm. that is way more powerful than just about anything else that you can do. And, and you really don't, I think that's another thing that, you know, when you start talking about employee videos, you know, people are like, oh, I don't have $30,000 for an employee video. I'm like, well, do you have an iPhone and, you know, somebody that knows some basic editing on a, a Mac and you, you can have that together and, you know, an afternoon instead mm -hmm. of a few months from now. Yeah, that's a great example. Yeah. So just in the last 
couple days, I was speaking to an executive that we're recruiting to run a facility. Mm -hmm. And he happens to know someone who's in the facility that he's being recruited to go take over. Mm -hmm. And he is gainfully employed and evaluating the options, right? Mm -hmm. And the first thing he did is reach out to the previous colleague he had who's now in that organization and say, what are your regrets or what are your concerns about, right? So back to the transparency, that's where people go. And if you're not providing it for them, they will find it, Yeah. right? And creating that, you know, and his comment was, you know, you always, okay, wait for it. You know, what's the feedback? His comment was the individual said, this is the best decision I've ever made. If you get the opportunity to run this business, you should join us and yeah. I look forward to reporting to you. Yeah. Right. Awesome. And, you know, so that how do you amplify that and be proactive with those positive things? And it also gives the opportunity, you know what, if there's things that are going on in our environment that we know we're not proud of and we want to change, start changing them yeah. and start working on the fixes. Because in today's world, access, your organization is accessible. If you're not telling the story, someone else is. Yep. So using that to your advantage and all the way through you know, having some employees share what they're excited about this week at work and putting that on social media or sharing that in an employee newsletter is another way to just spread the brand and spread the opportunity. Yeah, there are all kinds of ways you can do it. You know, and I think upfront there are some ways, but even if, you know, once someone gets into the interview and selection process, you know, having some people on the interview panel that aren't necessarily decision makers, but would be peers of that individual. So they have a, you know, a chance to sit down and say, hey, what, what is it really like to work here? What do you like? What do you not? And, you know, and giving guidance to those folks who are interacting with those candidates to, yeah, be really honest, tell them what it's like to work here. I think that, um, you know, that goes a long way too. I mean, the transparency is all, the, you know, I think it's more, you know, some employers cringe at things like Glassdoor, but I love it. It's like now there's a glimpse into these organizations and you can check it out and you can see what it's really like. You know, do you believe everything that's on Glassdoor or is everything there legit? Probably not. But can you use it as a general kind of gauge of what, you know, the culture and what's like going on in that organization or what's going on? I think you probably can. Mm-hmm. And to those listening that are going, nah, we're not going to focus on Glassdoor. It's out there. If you're not managing it, someone else will. Absolutely. Right? You know, if you're not in control of your employment brand, you're letting others control your employment brand. Yep. Right. So it's a great encouragement for those that I mean, we meet with organizations, even very large companies that are like, oh, we don't really pay much attention yeah. to it. But then you go and you go, well, this is the exact culture that I just experienced. <laughs> yeah. And maybe this is a great opportunity for them to pay attention to it and to create change. Otherwise, people will do it for you. So you're either in control or in control. And I think, uh, so my view on Glassdoor is that sort of benefit from the, you're at an advantage or at a disadvantage at either of the extremes on Glassdoor. So Mm -hmm. I feel like if you're if your ratings are really high, that that is probably working to your advantage. If your ratings are in the middle, you're around a three-star rating, I don't know that's making a big difference for you. Or if your ratings are really, you know, they're down in the twos, especially the low twos, it has to, I guarantee that that is making an impact on people who are checking out your company and saying, Ooh, you know, this gives me pause at least, or may prevent me from pulling the trigger and saying like, hey, I'm going to fill out that application. So I think... Glassdoor isn't everything, but I think that transparency in the employment marketplace will continue to be so, you know, the parent company of 
Indeed just purchased Glassdoor. Indeed's you know the largest, uh, you know, really the largest, most prevalent job board right now. And so I think you'll see attention and focus and investment in Glassdoor in the future that's probably even more significant than you see today. Mm-hmm. Are there other free tools, resources that you encourage organizations to take advantage of to help in the candidate experience space or the employment branding space? Yeah. I mean, Glassdoor, not to over uh, talk about Glassdoor, but I mean, that is one that, you know, you can have a paid relationship with Glassdoor, but even if you don't, there are a lot of things that you can do with Glassdoor to help manage your reputation. You can invite for free, you know, there's no cost and it's perfectly legit. Glassdoor encourages employers to do this. Invite employees working for your organization to share their experiences. You know, if you feel like, you know, all that's out there is sort of disgruntled former employees. Well, have people that are here share, you know, what that's like. You can also update your Glassdoor profile. So there's pictures of what it's like to work there. None of that costs anything. And the other thing that I would suggest thinking about with Glassdoor is responding to reviews. That's something that I think employers get nervous about at times, but is a great signal to candidates that employers are listening and care about feedback. And Mm. people want to go work for places that listen and care about feedback and respond to it. Mm. I think other things that you can sort of low cost things that you can do, your job descriptions are something that can really make a difference. There are several either free or inexpensive tools out there that are kind of AI tools that you can drop your job descriptions in that will give you feedback on how they're performing relative to other job descriptions out there. Really cool technology. You know, without making any big investments, there's certainly things that you can start to do mm-hmm. that will have a positive impact. That's excellent. The other thing that we will provide a link in the show notes to get access to is the Hello Hire Candidate Experience Assessment. Yep. is a great tool just to know where, you know, understand where we are and where we can improve. Yeah. I mean, it's a really simple tool we developed. It's more of a thought starter. I think going through the questions themselves will make you think about, oh, you know, yeah, we're doing well there. Maybe we hadn't thought about that yet. So it's 10 short questions. You can go through it and you'll get a little bit of feedback at the end, you know, sharing whether, you know, you are kind of leading in this space or whether it's, you know, an area that you really need to invest in or if you're doing well. But mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's really simple, you know, no cost on our site to take that. That's great. That's great. Well, thank you. Well, thank Todd, thank you for your time today. Thank you for sharing with our listeners. We hope you will explore the links in the show notes, have the opportunity to take that sure. um, candidate experience assessment and begin building a relationship with Hello Hire. So thank you for all your My time. Pleasure. Yep. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. A toxic work culture can be costlier than you can imagine, but hard to identify. Go to talentmagnetinstitutepodcast.com slash toxic culture to learn seven signs that there's something you need to fix in your workplace. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is powered by Centennial, a talent strategy and executive search firm, and the Talent Magnet Institute. You can engage with us at Talent Magnet Eye on Twitter or Talent Magnet Institute on LinkedIn and Facebook. Please communicate by using hashtag Talent Magnet. Find us in your favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and leave a review, as well as share with a colleague. You can also listen at talentmagnetpodcast.com. Our podcast studio is based in greater Cincinnati, Ohio. We are supported by our listeners, clients, and partners from all over the world. 
The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is made possible by a great team that includes Janelle Spence and Christine Lewis of Centennial, Josh Chappelle and Adam Smith of Soundpress, produced by Chris Madine of New Fidelity Studios, and Audra Casino and Megan Doherty of One Stone Creative. Music written by DJ Corbett and Chris Madine. And myself, your host, Mike Sipple Jr. Thank you for joining us on the journey of developing leaders to succeed in relationships, work, community, and life, reframing success in leadership.